Aldous Huxley was an English writer and philosopher. He wrote nearly 50 books. And here's his quote about history. That men do not learn very much from the lessons of history is the most important of all the lessons of history. Welcome to the History Slices Podcast. A mother-son duo discussing awesome bits of history. We prove on every show that history is not boring. Entertaining, yet stimulating. This is History Slices. And now, here's your hosts, Jacob and Rachel. Hi, Jacob. Hey, Mom. So, Flight 19 today. (laughs) Yes. Uh, For those of uh, our audience who haven't caught the last episode, today we're going to be covering Flight 19. Do you know anything about that? You mentioned last week when we were talking about it, when you were teasing it, uh, that it was one of the greatest mysteries having to do with the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. And that's all I know about it. Sir, sir. Uh, this is a very interesting story. It's very fascinating. I think it's, well, we're going to get into it as we dive into it. I think it's a little less mysterious than some people say, but we'll we'll talk about all the theories and stuff. Cool. So the Bermuda Triangle, for those who don't know, uh, it's this area, it's actually a really large area of like... Um, above the Caribbean and the Atlantic. It's actually, um, the corners of it are Florida, Panama, and Puerto Rico. Okay. Like kind of in that area. Yeah. And that makes a triangle. And the reason it's noteworthy is because a lot of planes and boats and stuff throughout the years have disappeared in it. Not so much recently, but throughout history and stuff. Uh, I think there's a similar area near like Japan or something like that, but it's just a that has of, mysterious disappearances. Yeah. Huh. Like a, a, not frequent, but enough that people notice yeah, it. It creates uh, enough of a trend. Yeah. This is one of those kind of mysterious areas around the globe. If you're into weird stuff like I am, you'll find out all about <laughs> those, but we're not talking about those. We're talking about specifically this one case. It's arguably like the most famous one. It's like the one that people kind of, if if you only know one case from the Mean Triangle, it's probably Flight 19. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so the date is December 5th, 1945, a few months after the war ended. It was actually a sunny day too, to keep that in mind. Oh, that is yeah, interesting so. because somebody would think... Yeah, you think that, oh, they disappear, it's probably stormy Weather, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, messing with their equipment. Um, no, it was sunny. Um, and it least. was just one one airplane? Well, no, what it was is it was uh, five torpedo bombers. Um, oh. They were flying out of Fort Lauderdale, which is in Florida, for okay. those who don't know. They're doing a series of uh, bombing exercises, like fake bombing runs, oh. kind of as a routine thing. They weren't the only um, group of planes on this exercise they're like okay this squadron or group okay. or whatever than this one and you know oh, so it, it was kind of a routine um practice which makes procedure. it even more surprising that there would be anything amiss you would think so yeah so basically how the route was gonna go for them just so i don't know how much sense this will make um because it's like it's a visual thing yeah but yeah that's okay. but people can refer to a map sir yeah basically um the idea was they take off from fort lauderdale they'd go on um, nine degrees for 73 miles. They turn 346 degrees north and would head for another 73 miles in that direction, then turn 241 degrees southwest for 120 miles, and now basically take them home. It was basically like a loop kind okay. of. I, that sounds confusing. Don't worry about that. It's just not, they're going but for they'd a loop. they'd go out, they'd go for a loop, they'd come back. Yeah, yeah. they uh, fly for a while, turn... <laughs> turn and they're back. That's basically okay. it. I know okay. it's confusing, but that's it. The whole thing would take about two to three hours, not too long. So 
I'm going to go through kind of the timeline that I'm going to talk about the, the aftermath and then we're going to go into some of like just the theories, both the more kind of logical, that makes sense. And more Carolandas because they're out. funny. <laughs> yeah. Far out, man. Yeah, totally. So 2, 10 PM flight 19 takes off their head towards Bahamas. They do their fake bombing run. It's success. They're, they're in contact, radio contact with, you know, the Fort Lauderdale. It's all going good so far at three forty. They send out a distress call. The next squadron, which was run by Lieutenant Robert Cox, his group are leaving for their own bomb run. He picks up their distress signal because that's just, you know, they're in range yeah. or whatever. So Lieutenant Taylor, who is in charge of Flight 19, and we're going to talk about the, the people involved, but the main one to know is Lieutenant Taylor. He says, and this is a direct quote, both my compasses are out and I'm trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I'm over land, but it is broken. I am sorry I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, and I don't know how to get back to Fort Lauderdale. Wow. So, I don't know. At that time, where, do you know where he was supposed to be? Well, he was supposed to be, like... Back at Fort Lauderdale already? Heading back, yeah. Okay. So, I don't know how much you know about geography. Well, I'm thinking the Florida Keys are, they swoop kind of into the Gulf, yeah. which is the opposite side of Florida, yeah. so he shouldn't have even been over the Keys. Yeah, absolutely, but I guess... From his persistence, that's all he could figure out where he was. Yeah, yeah. Now, Robert Cox, the lieutenant that picks us up, he rails Fort Lauderdale for assistance. He's like, hey, we got an issue going on. And Fort Lauderdale, they advise Taylor to fly up the coast of Florida because they're like, well, what are you doing down there in the Keys? Yeah, yeah. You need to come back up to us. And none of the in-flight navigators could identify where they were. So it was like, there, there's a lot of confusion going uh, on there. So you said there were four planes? There was uh, five. Oh, sorry, five planes? So yeah. Each of one of those planes has an in-flight navigator, and none of them could identify where they were. Yeah. Okay. Now, and uh, Taylor, he kept changing course because he couldn't find a recognizable landmark. Mm. So he's looking around. He's like, okay, maybe try over here, maybe try over there. Um, but he kept cutting out over the radio. This is like mid-1940s, so they didn't have great radio, but also it could have just been like the distance thing or right. whatever. Range. Um, they requested for him to switch his radio frequencies, and which he didn't. It's possible he didn't get, get the message. Yeah, or he did it for some other reason. By 4.30, it starts to storm. It's oh, just this like uh, wow. a bad salami on a problem sandwich, honestly, at that point. Wow. So was that in the forecast? I, I'm assuming not if they were wearing exercises. True, but they might have thought they'd be all done by then, I guess. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, I so don't know. That could just be an aside. That's not really that important, but oh, great. So remind me of the time again, four uh, something? It's like 4.30. Okay. Okay. Mm. They're at least an hour overdue, probably. Probably, yeah. Okay. By 5.20, they, the, the people on ground, they got the last communication from Flight 19. Oh. And uh, it says, it says, We'll continue to fly 207 degrees west until we hit landfall or run out of gas. That's what oh. he said. This is a pretty grim thing. The ground can't talk to them, but um, because of, I guess, how their the radio is set up, they could still hear the crew talking for about an hour or so afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Um, and at 620, they heard Taylor's last order. This was recorded. He said, we will have to ditch unless landfall. When a last plane drops below 10 gallons, we will all go down together. So heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. really sad. Um, so naturally, a bunch of sips uh, and planes and stuff are sent out to look for this. Right. They're south of Florida because holy crap, how them, yeah. did this go so wrong? 2 p 
PBM Martin Mariner aircraft. Uh, it's our, I think, like bigger type of airplane. I don't know military stuff that well, but they divert from their own training exercise to kind of help with the search and rescue. Mm. At seven o'clock, oh. one of the these aircraft really the did other. You see, what was the month this was in? I'm sorry. It's this was in December. That's what I thought. So, so it's already dark. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, one of those two aircrafts radioed the other one for some information, like, hey, what's going on? Where are you? They didn't get an answer. That rescue plane was the sixth and last plane to disappear that day. Oh, my goodness. Right? So not only did this flight, flight disappear, oh, geez. one of the rescue stuff, search wow. party, disappeared as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. How sad and how scary, too, for the other yeah. People who were searching, I'd be like, I don't know, there's something reaching up out of the ocean, <laughs> yeah, grabbing like airplanes what, out of the sky. What on earth is causing this? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, they couldn't find any trace of Flight 19, unfortunately. In the area where the sixth plane went down, they found some debris, but before they can confirm what it belonged to, it sank and they couldn't <sighs> recover it. Evidently, that type of plane was prone to fuel leaks, so people think that it might have been a malfunction that caused it to crash. Uh, which is really bad timing. I mean, yeah. it's unfortunate in general, but... Right, but very coincidental that it would have this malfunction yeah. while it's searching for planes that Missing. disappeared. Yeah. So I want to uh, I want to go to some of the theories real quick because th- this itself is not too... I mean, I don't want to downplay it, but it isn't like the most complicated thing in the world. This flight went missing weird but i want to talk about some of the theories um and then we'll get more into like the people okay. and some other stuff that's happened in this area that sounds good it's it's funny whenever you say this flight i'm always thinking one airplane so i always have to remind I'm myself so, yeah it's I'm, more than one airplane yeah, so i'm not sure it's called flight 19 yeah so i'm assuming that's what it's called it might also maybe be a squadron the, yeah maybe they just numbered their flights like sure. all five airplanes worked as one sort of yeah. in a team so maybe it was identified that way yeah. instead it's it was a little when I was researching it, some of the stuff kind of went over my head, yeah. some of the military terms and stuff. So I'm like, okay, that's a little less important mm-hmm. than like what yeah. actually is going on. Sorry if that offends <laughs> anyone. Uh, so some of the reasonable theories. Uh, pilot error on the pilot Taylor, uh, who is the guy in charge of Flight 19. And honestly, it's probably the most likely one. It's hard to show without a map to like point out, but it's, very possible he got turned around and they mistook where they were, mm-hmm. you know, like. And then since he was the leader, mm-hmm. he was leading everybody. Sure. Yeah. But none of them could read their instruments. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get into that in a moment. But it's, um, there are other islands and other kind of, you know, smaller land masses, if you will, up in the um, mid-Atlantic where they were that is very possible he mistook that for the keys mm-hmm. and then we tried to divert course he ended up just like going in like a, going, yeah. a circles basically and it would also help explain why they couldn't find any records because by the, they might have been looking the wrong place mm-hmm. so by the time well they had a vast area to look f- because they weren't sure where he might be yeah and by the time like if you even managed to get down to like oh he's probably was in this area you know, the records might have just moved on or sink to the bottom of the ocean, you know, yeah. potentially. Another kind of theory that could make sense is magnetic influence um, could have been messing with the compasses and our equipment because that does happen. There are certain, I'm not sure what the scientific term is, but there are certain areas on the globe that 
have strong magnetic like just Pull or yeah yeah stuff like that influence it, like you say yeah and it can mess with electronics it can mess with compasses right. and stuff like that and a triangle is one of those areas which is probably why stuff <laughs> keeps crashing there. Yeah. yeah for whatever reason i'm not sure about the cause but it is a documented phenomenon that exists right so I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And I kept looking for her theories and I started getting to La La Land. Um, <laughs> it's, they're, they're really amusing and I don't want to like just be like, well, no, that didn't happen because who knows. But I think it's more likely that it was pilot error or whatever. Or instrument failure because of the magnetic. Yeah, influence. yeah. Like I think that's a little more likely than UFOs because that's one of it is mm. that they got abducted or other UFOs otherwise causing the vanus. Mm-hmm. Um on a lot of UFOlogy, which is a real term, uh, sites, websites, there's a repeated kind of story about how Lieutenant Taylor reported being chased by UFOs or reported oh. that, like, everything looks strange or, and they're going to white water, you know, a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. All of which the Navy denies. Okay. They're like, no, that didn't happen. Yeah. Which the conspiracy theorists are like, well, they of would say they. that <laughs> because they, they won't want it. people to freak out. Yeah. Uh, but by now, because I think it, this could just be something I'm, that's inaccurate that I'm just pulling out. But sir. Um, it seems like classified information has to stay classified for 50 years and then they can determine whether or not mm-hmm. to unclassify it or not. I don't yeah. think it's an automatic thing, I guess, maybe. But know. anyway, we're past the 50-year mark, mm-hmm. so... And, and we know stuff now that was classified then, you know, like we know... I mean, this is a little later, but we know about Operation Paperclip. We know about MK Ultra, We know about a lot of stuff that was... We knew that... Um, we know that... Um, FDR was paralyzed from the waist down, you know, like stuff that was not public then. And we know about that. Right. So So it seems like for those UFOologists that Mm -hmm. the information should be accessible at this point. And also just to kind of not slam dunk or anything, but to like add more to the thought that they might have, if it was a classic thing, they'd probably release it is like a couple of years ago, I want to say 2016, 15, something like that. Might have been a little more recent. They, um, the U.S. Navy did release a, like publicly, a footage of an unidentified flying object, not saying it was alien or anything like that, but it was just a thing that uh, one of their pilots caught on their, um, their camera or their, you know, whatever, the radar, and he couldn't identify what it was. It was moving crazy and stuff, and they don't know what it was. They're like, yeah, we don't know. We're looking at it. We don't know. Uh-huh. So it's like, it's not like they're, yeah, you know, hide everything. Right. So, so if they're going to release that, they might as well release something. Yeah, yeah potentially. That's a, good, that's a good good deduction. Yeah. Another kind of out there theory is that they fell into a wormhole. Yeah, I thought I those only existed in space. Uh, they they do um, outside of theoretical uh-huh. stuff, um, and people have claimed to have you know fallen into time distortions or whatever you know stuff like that. All sorts of outlandish things. Which again, I don't know enough about physics or science to like I judge that. And but I never met anybody who did. But wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like I don't know, yeah. maybe. But I, I feel it's a little more likely that. Just something went haywire and they yeah, went Yeah, something, something more every day happened. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, other disappearances have happened in this area of the world. And not as many. Do you remember, this is a while back. Do you remember when we were talking about D.B. Cooper? 
Oh, that was a while back, but yeah. yes, I remember. Yeah, and I had said how like plane hijacking used to be much more common, right? And it isn't so much anymore, probably because of nine eleven and increased TSA, security yeah. and yeah, um, security, whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of a similar thing here, where because we're much better with radio equipment, or much better with just knowing what's up, you yeah, know, and yeah. staying in contact. Our technology is is stronger and better able to avoid things like that yeah i think there are that leads to less disappearances right which also strengthens the possibility that was probably an equipment malfunction or something like that sure Uh, i want to talk about this isn't all of them but some famous ones so 1918 the uss cyclops it was a boat it was a sip it had a crew of 306 people and Sometime after March 4th, we don't know the exact time, uh, they just vanished. They just straight up, you know, dropped off the, the map um, wow. outside of... 300-something people. Oh, yeah. Outside of combat, it was the single largest loss of life in U.S. naval history. Oh, my gosh. Obviously, outside of combat, you know. So... A lot of horrible things have happened in history. Mm-hmm. In 1921, the ship Carol A. Deering, I don't know who it was named after her <laughs> son, you know, some lady, it was found run aground near Cape Hatteras in North Carolina. It, its crew was just gone. They couldn't be located. They don't know what happened to it. That's even more bizarre. Yeah, and that's not the, this is not a mutual triangle thing, but it's not the first time they is found ghost Is that what they call ghost fish. ships? Yes. Okay. Um, in um, like the 1800s or so, I don't remember the exact time, the, oh geez, what was it called? There, There's a very famous case of a SIP that they found it just adrift and no one was on board. There wasn't any sign of a scuffle or anything wow. like that. So, ah, oh, geez, what? I can't remember the name of it right now, but yeah. it was like a real famous, it was like thought to be one of the inspirations for um, Bram Stoker when he was writing Dracula. Wow. Because that was like around the time wow. he was writing that. Um. But that was a not to start speculating, not to get too off track, but to me that seems like, and not knowing anything else about it, so maybe it's silly to even speculate. But it seems like there must they must have encountered some really terrific weather and decided to bail on lifeboats or something. And that would be my guess, something like that, or yeah, I don't know. Because if it was illness, then you would see signs of that. Uh, Yeah, and if it was a mutiny, there'd still be people on board. You know, they wouldn't just abandon the ship. Just crazy. I don't know. Is this one of those scenes where it's like we don't really know what happened there? Obviously, stuff went down, but. Like, it's impossible to tell just from the aftermath. So this is one of those things that's uh, unfortunately lost to history. Night for eight, a few years after Flight 19, there's actually a couple I have listed here that are grouped around that area. There's a BSAA Star Tiger. It was a passenger aircraft. Uh, It vanished. 25 passengers, six crew, all gone. They were flying from Portugal to Bermuda. Uh, So it was like near the last leg of their trip, basically. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And then that same year, a Douglas DC-3 it was an Which aircraft. is a big plane, I yeah. think. Yeah, 32 people on board. No trace of it. It also just vanished. Wow. Uh-huh. And that was just a few years after, that was in, did you say in 53? No. In uh, 58. It was the same year wow. as the other one. Oh. Uh, as the um, okay. one Which from was 48, Portugal. I think you said. Yeah. And then... The I year. think I would be afraid to fly over <laughs> that section of the uh, yeah. water. Then the next year, 1949, uh, BSAA Star Aerial is another passenger aircraft. They're both owned by uh, British South American Airways. That's why they have a similar name. Okay. Uh, 20 people were on board and it vanished as well. It mm. went down or something. Also, I 
didn't think to write this down. I don't know why, but um, Amelia Earhart back in the 30s, I want to say, might have been 20s. I can't remember, but she also disappeared along that around that area as well. Very famously. That's interesting. I feel like recently in the past couple of years, there was uh, some plane wreckage found on some island and it was thought to be Amelia Earhart's. It's very possible. But yeah. I don't know. I didn't think it was anywhere around there. But oh. anyway, that's a, that's a separate topic. And I have to, I'd have to go Google that. <laughs> Sir. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, there's just been a notorious rough spot to, to go into. If you were a pilot, wouldn't you fly around that area? You would think so. I mean, yeah. I guess it's like kind of that whole don't be superstitious we're trying to run a business here type of a thing. <laughs> yeah. mentality i'm like yeah sir but when there's like a track record of like especially like i, I didn't list all of them because there's a good number but like just on the list that i have you know presented there's like three within two years of yeah. like stuff just disappearing yeah. yeah so it's it's i don't know is this one of those it's things to take notice yeah it's one of those things that you know, it's an interesting mystery. It's probably not as sinister or supernatural as some people think it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe it does. I don't know. But I'm willing to bet it isn't. It's probably just some phenomena or something about that area that's very treacherous to cross. Um, and we just don't exactly know what it mm-hmm. is outside of like kind of theories about this or that magnets or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> So yeah, I, uh, it's a bit of a downer one, especially since last time when we were talking about, you know, bunny yips or whatever it was we were talking about, you know, some crazy folktale guys. Right. Um, because I don't think we talked about bunny yips. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, what? And, what? Uh, it's squonks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the um, I thought it was a very interesting, very fascinating story. I thought that just you know, as a mystery, as like a kind of a tragedy, you know, I thought it was like worthy to cover, you know, from a historical perspective. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Now, I know this episode is about Flight 19 specifically and its disappearance, but do you happen to know like what the most recent disappearance or disaster is related to the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah, it was actually, well, it was a while ago, but not too long ago. It was in 2008. Oh, in the 2000s. Yeah, I know. Um, Do you know anything about that story? It was a plane. Yeah, it was also in December, interestingly enough. Oh. Uh, it wasn't like um like a big passenger plane. It was like, I think it was like a, um, what do you call it, privately owned okay. plane. There was 12 people on board. Oh, gosh. So, you know, it wasn't like super packed, but it was enough. Yeah, I mean, that's still a lot of people, but and I'm sure there's a big difference in the electronics and I'm sure. capabilities of a small plane like that versus a um, jetliner yeah. or something. So they, they, what happened was they took off from Santiago and their hand was New York. 35 minutes after they took off, it went off radar and there's a big search operation launched and they couldn't oh, find anything. Wow. Yeah, but it was around that same area. Wow. In 2008, that is barely historical. I know, right? Uh, I mean, it's before my memory, uh, honestly. And I mean, it's not before mine, but I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember hearing about that. I don't think it was, I don't know how big of a news that would have hit at that time. Right. Wow. 12 people, though. Goodness. Mm, Yeah, but it had slowed down considerably after, you know, since like giant not ocean liners, but, you know, huge sips with uh, hundreds of people yeah. on board to like, um, you know, a, a little, yeah. not that that's the less tragic, I suppose, but it's still like a, um, you know, it's a difference. Yeah. If one could 
you know, quantify that. Right, right. Well, that was really an interesting, sad, yeah. but interesting story about Flight 19. I, I'm i glad I know about it. I'm not going to say I really enjoyed it. Mean, I did, you know, you, t- you did a good job telling it. Oh, thank you. But I'm always a sucker for a happy ending, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, I get that. No, it's totally fine. Um, yeah. uh, fortunately, with history, and this has been... I don't want to say thorn in my side because that sounds like it's a personal attack thing, and it isn't. Uh, for researching this so, because I like keeping it more or less lighthearted yeah. and more or less kind of. Um, but it's hard to find. History is really depressing and yeah. dark uh, a lot of times. Most interesting stuff in history, there's a lot of uninteresting stuff. And I, I'm not saying that as like an opinion. I mean that as objectively, this would be, no one wants to listen to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, most of the interesting stuff is like horrible, horrible yeah, things happening. Some, some sense of tragedy in it or. Yeah. Or also some winning success or something humorous. But anyway. Yeah. Anywho, what are we going to be talking about next time? Sure. Next time we're going to be going to a place that I know you love near and dear, Spain. España. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about bullfighting. Oh, that's going to be good. Mm-hmm. That's going to be great. So um, do you know much about it before you start your research? Uh, well, I've been researching it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so before you started. You? <laughs> how dare you insinuate <laughs> on that, air. That I, that I don't know what I'm doing. No, it's fine. It's totally cool. I'm just wondering I, I know if you a had, little bit, yeah. but not as much as I think other people know. Oh, okay, cool. So it would be, you know, uh, interesting to dive into and um, just kind of talk a bit about it, talk a bit about its history and about like uh, some of the interesting um, traditions and stuff. Cool. And also, we're going to dive a little bit into ethics, which is always uh, super thrilling. Yeah, that'll, <laughs> that'll be interesting to, to see how that plays out. I am looking forward to that episode, even awesome. though bullfighting is, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but nice job, Jacob. Nice job on Flight 19. And uh, listeners, thanks so much for joining. You know, we appreciate you. Yeah. I hope this was entertaining and interesting. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Confucius once said, study the past if you would define the future. You've been listening to the History Slices podcast with Jacob and Rachel. We hope you've gotten some useful information from the show. We hope we made you think, and we hope you were entertained. We know we had fun, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Facebook at History Slices and on Instagram at History Slices Podcast. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and tell a friend about the show. That'll help us out, too. One more quote before we go from Michael Crichton. If you don't know history, then you don't know anything. You are a leaf that doesn't know it's part of a tree. Till next time, this is History Slices, signing off.